hello there. Thank you for joining us again on The Basic and The Brain. For those of you who may have missed us the last few weeks, we're Alina and Maddie, aka The Basic and The Brain, and we're here to bring Botox and Bravo to the fucking table for your next dinner party. Yeah, I mean, think of it as us bringing basic bitch topics into the intellectual sphere. So grab yourself a glass of wine, or White Claw, or whatever hard seltzer, alcoholic drink of preference, (laughs) and join us for this week's episode. Wow, what a way to start the show, Alina. <laughs> that wasn't a burp. That was just like some kind of like air bubbles. Uh-huh. uh-huh. No, no, I'm, it really wasn't a burp. You know, know, when like like your like throat makes that weird gurgling sound, that's what that was. I promise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's okay. I mean, I have no judgment. I thought it was like pretty epic way of starting the episode. <laughs> like, here's this like internal gurgling noise. Enjoy everyone. Um, I would I would own it if I farted or if I burped. And I don't burp very often. That was that like weird gurgle thing. But. Oh my God, that's right. I've actually never heard you burp, I don't think. I don't burp that much. It comes out my, like I fart a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've, I've definitely, I've heard and I've smelt. Yeah. I, I know. <laughs> it's not my fault. I have GI problems. Okay. Anyway, you promised me okay. a surprise. I promised you a surprise. So <laughs> there is this trend all over socials right now. Oh, God. It's the he's a 10, but, right? Yeah. And I've actually pulled up a few, and I think it's a good way to warm us up this episode where I give you a scenario of like he's a 10, but he's a three, but. And you give me your honest reactions as to like what his number will be with that caveat. Cool? All right. Okay. And uh, the first one I'm actually going to give you, I already know the answer to, but I just, I want to hear you complain about this. Um, He's a 10, but he forces you to pay for dinner on your first date. Negative 12. (laughs) Done. Moving on. <laughs> you didn't even need any you know context or nothing. This. You were like, no. No, no context. Fair enough. You know yeah. how I feel about that. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. I saw something the other day. Wait, not to get political again, but somebody literally posted it. It was a meme that was like, well, if we're going backwards, then fuck it. None of us, none of us women want to work. So mm-hmm. let's like, anyway. 100%. That's exactly. how I'm I don't want to pay for my, and I don't want to pay for my drinks or my dinner on the first date or the second. <laughs> or By ever. the third, I'll pay. <laughs> No, I paid. I I'll pay on the third date. The first and second date. If you try, if you let me put my credit card down, mm-hmm. we're done. We're done here. So okay, sorry. Back to the back to the assignment. We're done. Um, we're okay, done. he's a ten, but he follows a bunch of Instagram models. <laughs> I would say like a ten. Really. So you wouldn't yeah. care if they're like engaging and like they only follow Instagram models, like let's say on their Instagram. But then no. again, I guess like your husband is Mark and he does like reach out and DM Instagram models. So I'm not surprised by this response. He sends a fire emoji here and there. He's probably going to kill us. Um, <laughs> but no, like... I love I, you, Mark. <laughs> to be honest, I... Oh, it doesn't bother me. Like I was actually talking about this earlier today where I was saying like, I feel like I've been married long enough or whatever, I guess in in this scenario, I'm not married to this person, but like, I'm not, I'm not insecure about it. I think if they're having a relationship with someone on Instagram and they're DMing, fine, that's definitely cause for concern, but whatever. Okay. 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 All right. Here's the next one. He's a 10, 
but he wears a full gown, nightcap with slippers to bed, and snores like honk, me, 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 me. Two. <laughs> I love that Two. one. It's so good. <laughs> I like the, 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 the gown and the nightcap. Okay, that's not really, I'm not that concerned about it. Weird, not that concerned about it. Snoring though, I cannot, I cannot deal with it. And I I straight up slap Mark. I wake him up. I don't care. We resort and I literally to violence him, here. I do. I'm like, you are snoring again. And he doesn't snore a lot. So it's like, if he's like sick or stuffy and I'm like, uh-uh, we're not doing this. If I'm going to be up, you're going to be up with me. I, I push sure him enough. over. Don't fuck with my sleep, man. So I know I'm going to have a rough night's sleep whenever Pierre has like a heavy drinking night because Mm. like he snores terribly when he's been drinking and literally I will have to like fucking shove the shit out of him because like, nah, you are not affecting my beauty sleep tonight. So you're saying that you don't sleep very well when Pierre is at our house? Pretty much, yeah. Well, he also goes in and out of sleep a lot while we're there. Because, you know, it's like you're in a different environment. Yeah. Um, so you're not sleeping as well as per usual. So he doesn't snore as bad. But, like, okay. dear Lord, when he does go into his deep sleep after, like, a day of drinking, it just... I'm surprised y'all haven't, like, barged into the room at times and been like, what the hell is going on here? Because, <laughs> like, it's insane. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm still shocked that like y'all haven't heard him. No, I really haven't. Maybe yeah. now I'm gonna be mindful of it. Or although we I feel like we tend to all kind of be somewhat comatose. That's true, because it is so. a big day of heavy drinking usually at your house mm-hmm. whenever we're there. And just activities. Uh, There's just so many activities. So much sun, you know, sun yeah. really takes it out of you. But really it's the copious amount of alcohol being consumed. Let's be real. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Mm. Sorry, mom. Okay. We tend to throw ragers. Ragers. Okay, so next one. He's a 10, but can go the whole day without talking to you. Ooh. Um, I feel like you're probably like a, a seven. Okay. Right? Okay. No. I mean, like, what's the logic? That, I mean, here's the thing. He's still going to be a 10 in my book because, like, for example, Pierre and I aren't super communicative during the day, like via text and stuff, right? So if we're oh. separated, like, it's not that big of a deal. But I know for some people, like, they're on text, on Messenger. They have to FaceTime each other every so often. Like, I feel like you and Mark, like, the amount of times I've seen y'all FaceTime, I'm always like, should I be FaceTiming Pierre more often? Like, what? <laughs> I feel like we're... Generally speaking, in like constant communication for sure. Mm-hmm. Like we work from home now, mm-hmm. and we're still messaging each other. <laughs> that is that wild to me. <gasps> yeah. So crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when I, I was like, like that, tra- that's my logic. Okay, Sorry. Fair enough. No, 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 no need to apologize. I was just gonna say that when I was traveling a lot for work, there would be like days where like I would there would be like no where he would check in on me and I'd be like yeah I'm fine but because I was busy like we. We just didn't text throughout the day. Um, and it wasn't like a big red flag or anything. But I guess it's like person to person. Um, yeah, I don't think it's a red flag per se. Okay. I don't think it's a red flag. I think it's just we're just used to it. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, okay, next one. He's a 10, but he's clingy. Oh, God. There we That's go. That's a four. Okay. I like that. I like that response. Um, he's a nine, but he has poor hygiene. 
Oh God, he's a two. Okay. No. Okay. Mm-mm. I mean, that's self-explanatory. Like, I, I like that response. Just immediate. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's see here. Uh, he's a five, but he has good taste in music. I think he's like a seven. Okay. I like that. I like that. He's a six, but he has no social media. I feel like I this could go one of both ways. It, it can go either way, honestly. I think he is, he's a six with no social media. I would say he's probably a six. Oh, so you're going to, you're going to stay neutral on that one. Yeah. I think it's okay to not have social media. I think you're probably a lot healthier than the rest of us who sit around and scroll all fucking day. Um, Do I think it's like the people who are like, I want to be disconnected from all that, blah, blah, blah. Like, do I think that you are, think you're holier than thou? Absolutely. Um, but I also don't, like, I don't hate on people. I think it's really healthy to not have the, you know, the hangups that we all have, like, yeah. to not sit here and fuck around with filters to see what you could look like or yeah. to just sit around and scroll. Why? What yeah. do you think? Um, I think for me, I, it would denote, like, it would denote one of two things. Either one, like, you're pretty healthy and you don't feel the desire to share everything with the world and therefore you have more of like a, a confident like self image, um, and don't need like external validation. But then also there's like the red flag aspect of it, of maybe you're just so socially awkward and so unable to connect with society that you have to stay off these things. Like you could interpret it one of two ways. I think it's generally the former. Yeah. I feel like most people, especially our age demographic, have at some point or another like dabbled in social media. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Last time he touched social media was during the MySpace days. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking love that, man. The good old days. Um, Okay. He's a 10, but he's a cat person. Oh. Uh, no, some cats are really cute, so I'm going to just knock that down to like a seven. Mm-hmm. Some cats are cute. Okay. I like that. And you didn't um, say how to marry this person, so. Yeah. It's just, you know, just how you, would you rate them in your mind? Yeah. Okay. The last one, he's a six, but he remembers everything about you. Um... I'm gonna give him a seven. Really? So, like someone who, and so mind you, this encompasses not just everything about you, but everything that you say. So, if you yeah, tell exactly. them to like go clean the dishes, they're not gonna be like, oops, <laughs> I forgot. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I know I know this question. For the, so, this I, question. I get that, but I feel like there's more shit that I say that I wanna be able to. A race. Okay. So, like, I want to be able to change what I said and manipulate the situation later on. So, I'd kind of prefer if there was like a semblance of what I said, but maybe not like okay. a photographic memory of what I said. <laughs> got it. Got it. Okay. That's how I feel. Um, I do have one, one last one since I just saw it um, on the list. He's a three, but he hates all the things that you hate that I love. He hates oh, no, all the no, things no, that, that I hate. hate. Yeah. 
okay, I'll give you like a, you become like a five or a six. Okay. Right. Because like, I don't know, life can be a little spicy when you guys don't necessarily hate the same things. Yeah. I I'm mean, a combative I just, person. I like arguing. So. Yeah. But then he would like attentively listen and be on your side for everything. Here's the thing. He if you're not on my side, hate. but if you're not on my side, whether or not you hate what I hate or not, like it's just mm-hmm. a non-starter anyway. Like if you're not on my side, that's a problem. But like, I mean, like not every married couple is on the same side when it comes to certain arguments, right? Or like even our friendship, like there are things that, I mean, this podcast is a testament to how many things that we are not on the same page on. (laughs) Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, Yeah. But at the end of the day, like you got to back me up. You know what I'm saying? Unless you're egregiously wrong, I'm going to back you up. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Okay. I'll give you that. I'm glad you do. Thank you. Um, so what did you think about this this whole exercise? Um, I think it's fun, but I feel like I'm just like very, I'm very neutral about most things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how fun I am at this exercise. What did you think? I mean, I actually really love it because some people will like go and do certain themes. Like there's this one content creator on TikTok who is from the South and she really plays up the whole like redneck stereotype, like to a T and she will create like actual examples that are related to like more of that, like Southern, I guess like redneck stereotype culture. So it's, it's quite comical. And so I love those. Um, but I also think it's like a good, because I feel like attraction is so many different layers for us. And in particular women, um, like we've talked about this, like biologically and psychologically, what we look for Mm -hmm. in a, and a partner um, in regards to like providing safety, security, and nest egg, but also ensuring the survival of our, you know, future ch- children, if you will. Um, I always find it funny because you get to like peer into the top of people's heads and see how they're thinking about these things and how it changes attractiveness levels for them. You would think about it from that respect. I'm just like, he's a four. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no. I, I think, I think that's fun. I think it's interesting. Maybe I'll bring some next week to the table. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. You, you do like an LA version of like dudes in LA. Like I feel like there's a very distinct LA culture and you can bring up examples that are very respective of like that with an LA. Okay. Awesome. It's going to be like, he's a 10, but he lives in the Valley. (laughs) And in my head, I'll be like, and? And you're like, Maddie, this clearly isn't working. <laughs> uh, uh, um, Lord. Okay, so we'll come up with some good ones and then we'll chat next week. But um, I'm so excited to talk to you about um, the new movie, the Elvis movie that I watched uh, last week, I think it was, um, with my mom and Pierre. Um, I don't know about you, but I grew up listening to Elvis, watching all of his movies. Um, I love Baz Luhrmann. I don't know if you love him as well as like a creator, director, but he also did Moulin Rouge. So definitely the movie was like stylized. Um, But I thought it was an interesting film. Uh, I know that there's been like a lot of backlash um, about this movie. There's also been a lot of backlash in general about Elvis. Um, because a, and I think we talked about this in a previous episode about his problematic behavior in regards to, I would honestly say kind of grooming his wife Mm -hmm. at the time. Like she was 14 and he was 24, I believe when they first met. 
I think something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or like 21, a lot older. Yeah. He was a lot older than she was. Um, so there's that, there's a part of me that's like different generation, but also mm, no, like that's still not okay. Um, and then also there's, um, been a lot of conversation around, um, so the music industry, as we know, it has evolved and had several evolutions, uh, throughout time. And especially during the period of time in which Elvis became big, um, you know, the South where he is from, uh, you know, there's lots of racial segregation, lots of just, I think, race issues in general that played out in music where, you know, black artists would perform and have their music and, and the writing, writing certain music. Uh, but then white performers would be the only ones that were allowed to like record and, you know, be with the big labels that would actually distribute to the people. Um, so one of the big things about this movie, and I don't know if you saw this, but Doja Cat came out with a song. <laughs> called Doja Cat, uh, okay. Doja Cat, Doja Cat, um, Hound Dog. And it's sort of like a, a little spin on Hound Dog, but it's not off of Elvis's version of Hound Dog. It's actually Mama Thornton, who was the original creator of the song Hound Dog. Um, and so a lot of people are saying that he was sort of like the king of like black appropriation. And so like, that's another layer to this. Uh, but then also you have to think about the time and how it was actually very normal back then to record other people's song like songs from that time period like you'll find five different artists who've recorded a a version of it um so it's kind of interesting to see all of that kind of play out and how they towed the line in the movie a little bit um but yeah it I thought the movie was good in humanizing him in some ways I, I also think that they they left a lot of gaps in the history of who Elvis is (laughs) Like loads of gaps. So I haven't seen the movie, but I've, you know, read out, read up about it. I know that there was like a lot of hoopla around this before it came out. I think that they, Mm -hmm. I don't know if they started filming or they, it was developed or something, I think like seven years ago. So lots of excitement and hoopla around this for sure. And like the Hollywood circuit. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in regards to like leaving shit out of his life, I mean, apparently this movie is almost three hours long and people were saying it was already too long. So imagine if they, you know, included everything else again. I don't know how much they dragged out certain scenes that were in the movie, but just saying, again, this from an outsider's perspective. Um, In regards to the whole cancel culture, people wanting to come after him, the whole grooming thing, like, I totally understand. Yes, it's kind of creepy that he was like, oh, hey, she's hot. She's 14. That is weird when you think about it, but... I get, like, back then, it was very normal to get married at, like, 18, right? So I feel like when we're thinking of a 14-year-old, we're thinking of, like, a child. Yeah. Whereas, like, when you're 24, a 14-year-old still seems, like, young, but also in that time when, like, they're almost at that point where they're going to get married and have babies. I, I imagine it wasn't as like egregious as it would be now, right? Yeah. There's like differently a lot of... So for me, from my perspective, mm-hmm. being Afro-Arab and, you know, cultural differences, you know, my grandma got married at 15. So exactly. for me, seeing this during a period of time, very similar to like when my grandparents were, you know, together, um, it... it it once again, like, doesn't, I think, impact me or affect me in such a severe degree because for me, culturally, once again, it, it's a very different picture that I have of this. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, like, if this were happening in today's world, absolutely fucking not. Oh, God, Absolutely of fucking not. Yeah. 
Of course. I want to be very clear that in like 2022, even like 2000, that would be really weird, yeah, yeah. right? I'm just thinking in like the 50s. Um, it was just a different period in, of time. Like you have exactly. to think of like what rights women had then. You have to think about like the fact that like women- <laughs> Was it so liter- different? Was, <laughs> well, sure. it was Unclear. pretty Unclear. Roe v. Wade. Um, it was just a very different time period. So yeah, I do think it's interesting though that they romanticize the relationship and they didn't really refer to- the beginnings and the massive age gap between uh, them. Okay. They just okay. made it very like, oh, he fell in love. And like, there's like one scene where they're together, but clearly the actress that's playing his wife, um, she clearly isn't 14. Um, and the scene plays out and they end up kissing and then it shows them getting married. So like, there isn't much discuss. It's like glossed that. over. Exactly. Yeah. Very but I mean, over. think about it. Think about it. If you're writing a movie or a biopic about an, an artist like Elvis, you're obviously a fan, right? Or chances are you're a fan. If yeah. you're going to spend like half your life, this is your, um, well, your opus, right? So yeah. I, I feel like you're not necessarily going to highlight the sketchiness or the shadiness of your, you know, an artist that you love and respect. Well, also Boz was trying to get the sort of thumbs up and approval from his family, Marie Presley, like from the daughter, mainly from exactly Elvis's daughter. And so uh, there were certain things that they couldn't paint in the light that they wanted to paint. Exactly. Um, I thought what was insane because I had no idea about this because once again, like all I did when I was a kid was listen to Elvis's albums. You know, like my dad loved Elvis, my mom loved Elvis. Even my, like, the song that Pierre and I danced to was an Elvis song. <laughs> Fools Rush In. Like, that's what we danced to. Um, I th- had no idea that he was actually conned by his manager. So, in the movie, uh, his manager is played by, um, uh, why am I blanking? Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. There. I was about to say Hank Williams. I was like, that is incorrect. <laughs> Tom Hanks. And um, apparently there's he's this guy from Amsterdam or from the Netherlands who pretended to be a former colonel. Um, and apparently he had no passport. He, you know, basically conned the shit out of Elvis, took 50% of what he was making, which is wow. like not an industry norm, mind you. Um, nope. Chris, Chris Jenner makes 10%. Of exactly. Her kids. Exactly. Um, man, I should just pop out like five kids and like just get 10% of everything they make. What a, I mean, what a living. Um, nonetheless. So he basically got conned by his manager and I had no idea about this. And this guy outlived him. And apparently he, there was like this whole case where the estate ended up going after him because they found out after like postmortem of all of this. And uh, he ended up losing in court. But then he was like apparently some consultant in Las Vegas and had like an office in one of the casinos and was like gambling his like life away before he died in the 90s, Um, which is insane because that's a part of, I think, his history that isn't as well known. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Is that crazy? And I mean, again, I've read a little bit, you know, in regard like in reviews and stuff. I haven't seen it, but I mean, you're a young kid, you know, you're from Memphis, was it? Is he yeah. from Memphis or, yeah, you know, you're from Memphis, or you're from Tennessee. Like I imagine that they, you know, you don't necessarily know the workings of the industry and, you know, I can see why it would be really easy to to be conned. Oh, oh, oh. He was actually oh, oh, oh. born in Tupelo, Tupelo, Missouri, and then he moved to Memphis as a teenager. Uh, there we go. Okay. Yep. Well, 
from, you know, we fact check here on the basic in the brain. (laughs) That's usually my job. But, um, yeah, no, I think, I think it's, I, I appreciate that they're bringing some stuff to light. I, just to go back really quickly, you know, I love to toe the line of getting canceled. I think. (laughs) Yes, as you do. Yes. (laughs) No, I just like, it really just, why do we like, (laughs) if, if there was like a, a, trying to think of how to do this in a way because I do it in a way that like I'm still a good person but I do have curiosities and questions and like want to make a point about something I don't think that this means that I'm not a good person but again I just in general I'm not even talking about the Elvis specific situation but like why do we as a culture or as a society just love to fucking attack people like yeah I get that Right. And again, I'm not just talking about all this. And like post mortem, man, this guy's been dead for like 40 fucking years. Maybe yeah. 50, right? He died in the 70s. Yeah. He died in Almost seven- 50 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Am, am I right on my math? Yeah. Almost yeah. 50 years this guy's been dead. Again, you know, I can understand if we want to hate on somebody who did like awful things to someone. And I'm not saying that like, recording someone's song and taking credit for it and shit is not, I'm not saying that's not terrible. Yeah, but in it was a lot also a very different time. You know what I mean? Exactly. Where like, unfortunately, black artists were just not going to get the recognition that they deserved back then. You know Which what I mean? Which is so fucked up for the yeah. record. I feel like a lot of artists then, like white artists could have done a lot more. And I think in the movie, what was interesting is they tried to paint Elvis as like very connected with the black community because he did grow up in a poor part of um, in the poor parts and actually in what were sort of segregated communities. Yeah. Um, and he grew up with, with black folk. And so the movie tried to humanize him and saying like, look, he was like part of the culture to a degree. And that's why he was so heavily influenced by gospel and stuff because he was there, you know, yeah. um, without, I think talking about potentially some of the more malicious stuff, which, once again, we weren't there, so we don't know what was malicious versus mm-hmm. not. I'm just going off of like what the film showcased and what we know of his history, which isn't a lot, to be honest, in regards to his yeah. like, connection to the black community then. But um, yeah, I, you know, kind of talking about the movie a little bit, I think, or not even the movie, but about Elvis in general, I think one of the biggest things that we as a society know is his death. Like that's that's it. Yeah. So... I have to be honest, you know, my mom is a big music buff and I don't think she necessarily like listened to Elvis a lot, but you grow up knowing some songs, right? Like Jailhouse Rock, you grow up knowing Hound Dog, you grow up knowing Can't Help Falling in Love, like so many other songs. So when I, when I was doing a little bit of research and I realized, oh shit, like so many of his number one hits were actually gospel music. I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. And so I realized I didn't know that much about him, but you do know about his death, right? You know that he was someone who died really young. I I didn't realize that it was 42. I don't know if I thought it was older or younger. I just didn't think it was like 42. I feel like I thought he was younger when he passed away. Yeah. But I mean, everybody knows that he died on the toilet, right? Um, <laughs> however, so apparently, I know it's like, what a way to go, right? But apparently, yeah. you know, there's still some uncertainty as to why. And I guess, you know, this has been like an ongoing investigation. There's been conspiracies and stuff. But it's been concluded yes. that he died due to heart failure. Even though, again, he was 42. Um, And that it was like drug-related. I think that's what the general consensus is. But it's unclear as to whether or not it was like a heart attack from literally from straining to poop. Um, Because I guess he was like a really... He was an avid user of um, 
of opioids for so, you know, for so long that he was just constipated. I mean, I literally, you put me on anesthesia for like a little procedure and I'm not shitting for three weeks, so I get it. Um, Or whether or not he had a heart attack due to, he had apparently over 10 substances that were in his system at the time. And again, doing some research, it looks like, mm mm-hmm. No, 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 I won't continue, please. Oh, no, I was going to say that after I did some research, it looks like his doctor, I think his name was like Dr. Mm-hmm. Nick or something like that. He was actually yeah. implicated later on in the death of Elvis because yeah. it looks like he was charged with, um, he prescribed over 12,000 pills and yeah. other like medicines yeah. um, over the last 20 months. It's less than two years of his life, 12,000 pills. That's yeah. more than 1,000 pills a month. Um, and then he carried like, suitcases of them when he traveled. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Um, so there's still like a lots of, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily like an attempt to cover up whether or not he had like a drug problem, AKA like he was actually like an avid opioid user because it made him feel good. Or because there's this other narrative that's being told that Elvis was one of those people who, you know, in a lot of sort of the memoir type material that's out there from people that were close close to him and in his inner circle that said Elvis was one of those people that was like, if he was any bit uncomfortable, like whether it was a paper cut or whether it was a tummy ache, he needed to be prescribed something. Like no matter how small, he was a big proponent in sort of the modern marvel of modern medicine. Um, and so, you know, part of this is was he really a drug addict or part of it was, was he just like an addict to like wanting to be comfortable? Um, And then also the other side of this too, kind of going back to like his death, there is, so this is interesting. The family actually had the autopsy report sealed. Yes. And um, I don't think that that will be public until 2027. I think it was, it's either, hold on, let me double check. 50 years after his death, maybe. Yes. Well, I don't that know if it's... Sense. Yeah, it does make sense. Because uh, it's coming the, up. Yep, 2027. Correct. So it was Good sealed memory. by his father, Vernon. Um, and mm-hmm. so there's so many conspiracies about this. And apparently some of the... Or one of the doctors who had done the autopsy or had, like, had access to these files came out and said that he had about four months worth of shit blocking his intestinal system. And mind you, this is all conspiracy theory. We don't actually have any proof because nobody has access to the autopsy report. Um, But because of, once again, going back to the opioid use, but also his diet was absolute trash before he died. Like he was like pounding down burgers, fries, like every type of fast food you could possibly consider and think of, he was just pounding it down. That's why he was in such bad shape towards the end of his life too. Um, he had gained like considerable amount of weight and I think a short period of time as well. Mm. Um, but that was so, when yeah, like fast so, food, TV dinners, like all that stuff was a thing. Exactly. Okay. But also like it's it's one of those conspiracy theories that I think is like kind of funny and it's also so, it's like right around the corner when we'll actually get the truth, you know? Very excited. I'm just yeah. interested now, right? That there's so many different conspiracy theories about it. Um, oh, 100%. Um, yeah, but kind of going back to like the concept of the celebrity and I think like drug use though, um, like I'm kind of curious, like what are your thoughts? Like after kind of doing your own research on this, like do you think he he was like an actual like drug addict? 
Like, or do you think he, you know, was just one of those people who, you know, those people who are in your life who are like, oh, I have like a little bit of pain. Can I get like a Tylenol or an Advil or whatever it is? That's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I feel like for names. the for the things that like I should want medication for, like I should want numbing cream for like lip filler and shit. And I'm like, I got this. It's all good. But then, you know, I have a, a cramp from when I'm getting my period and I'm like, oh my God, give me the whole bottle of naproxen. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not definitely not super into medication, but I think the, like, so his doctor was charged effectively yeah. with, I don't know what the exact charge was, but basically the guy testified that he did give him medication, like give him anything he requested because if he didn't, then he would either go get another doctor to give him the medication or that his concern was he was going to turn to street drugs. So another just crazy thing about this, I want to keep going with the whole like, do we, do I think that he was drug addict or not? Um, but I guess that this guy was charged like a couple years later after his death with 11 felony counts of over, over prescribing drugs, but he was acquitted. Jesus This guy, Christ. wait, 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 maintained his medical license until 1995. It took 20 years for this guy to have his license revoked, which I thought was just what, like horrifying and a little bit scary. Obviously, we have an opioid crisis right now in, in, in the world. I think yeah. the US and Canada are two of the worst offenders. But um, I think, I, I don't know, I'm kind of inclined to think that this guy was on top of the world. This happens so often, right? Like people have so much money that they don't yeah. know what to do with it. Number one, they also just have access. Like I feel like I'm not in, you know, in this world of of celebrity in Hollywood and yet. Yeah. And no, I'm joking. Um, and and like uh, the access that like I have, not necessarily to drugs, but like just to like parties and events and nice restaurants and stuff like that. I can imagine living in LA or living wherever it was that you are you know, you, the access that, that they have mm-hmm. to more than just like alcohol and champagne and parties and shit like that and just drugs in general is like exponential. And when also, you're young and you're successful and you want to stay up and your friends are there and you want to look cool or whatever it is, you just want to try it. Well, I also think there's this part of it too because when I think about it, when you're at that level of celebrity and you have like all the money in the world and you're having all of these experiences that, you know, people would die for, like, what's the next level of experience that you can have? Yes. Well, exactly. When you're in an altered consciousness, right? Um, and so I think that's probably why drug use is utilized. But also there's the part of it too where you have like a lot of unresolved stuff. So mm-hmm. the other thing to know is um, Elvis was really close with his mother. And uh, when she died, um, you know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of Kanye, how everyone says that like Kanye lost his damn mind once his mom died. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of similar to that in the sense that he was never really the same once his mom died. Yeah. Um, and I don't think he actually dealt with the pain of that. You know what I mean? Like I feel like too sure. during that period of time as well, like and being a male and being such a big, you know, level celebrity, like how, you know, how accessible was therapy? How normal was therapy in order to I mean, like process your even, grief? And, I, yeah, well, I, I feel it's like, easier now than it was, let's say, in the sixties and seventies. You know what I mean? But um, I still feel like it's hard for a lot of people. And you know, this is just my personal observation. I think it's hmm. actually still harder for men. 
Oh, a hundred percent. I'm not saying that that's the case. I a hundred percent agree with you. Sorry. I did not mean to dismiss people who are struggling right now or trying to dismiss the male experience of trying to seek therapy or seek help or some of the stigma that's there. But what I am saying is considering the time period, considering how I think our society has evolved so much that we're so open to it, you know, versus like, I think about my dad who was born in 44 and he used to tell me, he was like, don't go to there. They'll put it in your file. What fucking file are you talking? What is this like magical file that like this therapist will have on me that the government will have access to? You know what I mean? Like there was such oh a level, God. I think, of paranoia about it too. Yes. I mean, um, I hope that there's a file on me so that it can explain everything about why I am the way I am. <laughs> you just like, hand the file to people. Just like hand it All to people. <laughs> just read this shit. It's, it's been ongoing since she's like eight. It'll explain everything. It'll make sense. We're good. She's got anxiety. We're working yeah. on it. Um, but, oh my you God. Know, drugs yeah. is a good uh, gateway to, I guess, like coping or not even coping. Yes. It's just like a mechanism in which to not deal with your problems. Yeah. But I think a lot of people think that it's a way to cope. Like, I've never in my life tried drugs, to be honest. Like, I feel like every time I've, you know, been propositioned or whatever it is, I'm like, there's By that me, moment when I'm several like, several times. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking like hard shit. But like, oh. you know, I've been propositioned and stuff. And there's always that part of me that's like, once in your life, you know, be a rebel. And then I'm like, wait, no, I probably enjoy that way too much. Mm. And, um, but anyway, I, I, I can totally see, you know, why people do. And I think like how many celebrities over the years have, have we seen that have kind of gone down that path? And I, I always feel like, not always, I often feel, excuse me, like a lot of the time it's just, it's people who in, in, in normal people's eyes and normies eyes, they should be the happiest people. They should be on top of the world. They should, you know... They have everything. They have money. They have, they're beautiful. They, whatever, they travel. They're doing their dream job. All these things they are getting to be creative. And then it turns out that they're actually just like super fucking sad. Like, I don't know why I always think of like Anthony Bourdain. Oh yeah. Anthony Bourdain. Or like the most recent one that I thought was really shocking was Hayden Panettiere where she just came out and yeah. was talking about how her daughter had to like not be with her because she was so troubled and she fell into like opioids and alcoholism. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, you would have never expected that. You know what I mean? Little America sweetheart. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, think about, again, just the level of access that these people have, right? Like if I go to my yeah. doctor and I tell my doctor, hey, I would like for you to give me, you know, 60 days worth of Vicodin. He's probably yeah. going to tell me to go fuck up, like fuck off. Yeah. Although yeah, he did yeah. tell him I needed Xanax and he was like, cool, how many you need? But um, that's for anxiety. See, it's in my file. He was prepared for that conversation. <laughs> he knew that was coming. He said it's in her file. Oh God, we so know good. Debbie says she's crazy. No, I'm joking. Um, so, <laughs> but, but not yeah, really. So, <laughs> no. Um, whatever, I'm, I'm a nervous liar. Anyway, but right, like if I were to go to the doctor and say, hey, can you write me a prescription for Vicodin or Percocet or whatever it is, they would probably look at me and be like, bitch, go home. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if uh, so Elvis, we'll just use this example. If Elvis goes to a doctor, maybe it's his friend, maybe it's not, whatever, and says, give me Vicodin, my leg hurts. Sure. Yeah. So, There's also a different period too, right? Where like people correct. weren't as like familiar or didn't have the level of knowledge or access to this information that opioids are 
problematic, right? Yeah. Um, this is yeah, when they so, thought that cigarettes were good for you too. Like, let's just let's just, just get, be clear, y'all. It's a time when like cigarettes were left and right everywhere, noted as being yeah. like healthy and normal and sexy. Ugh. And Ugh. sexy, Ugh. Lord. Um, so I actually uh, did some research, um, and apparently back in 2015, because I was kind of interested, like, when you look at the percentage of people who suffer from substance and alcohol, you know, abuse, like, kind of what industry are they typically in? Like, is there a correlation there, right? Because, you know, I feel like the, we see a lot of celebrities who go through it, but that's because celebrities, once again, they're like on yeah. TMZ, on Cosmo, on whatever, like all of these mediums that we have access to on a day-to-day basis. So I want to see if there was like a correlation, like maybe the means of access, the money, et cetera, et cetera, would like showcase that. So interestingly enough, the data that shows, uh, the data says that the industries with the highest rates of pasture substance abuse are accommodations in the food food service industry. So hospitality. Which, hospitality, which I thought was really interesting because I, I don't know. I just never expected the hospitality industry to have such a high percentage. And it's about 16.9%. Um, construction was about 14.3%. Arts, entertainment, and recreation, which I think where most celebrities fall under, is about 12.9%. So that's sort of the top three. Mm. So, okay, construction, kind of not really sure where that comes into play. I feel like hospitality doesn't surprise me. Have you ever worked in the hospitality industry? No. Okay. So as somebody who grew up in the hospitality industry, you know, I worked in hospitality... That actually doesn't surprise me. And the reason for that is because like you live such a different lifestyle than a lot of people that you know, you know, your families and stuff like that. So what happens is you're working nights, you're working weekends, you're working holidays, you're, you know what I mean? And then you got to burn off some steam or let a, whatever you say. Yeah. And you also end up just kind of hanging out with other people that are in the hospitality industry. And, you know, you work long ass hours. It's a thankless job a lot of times. It's not very glamorous, whatever, whatever. You're going out late. What do you do? You go out to drink, right? Because you go to hang out with your friends at midnight at one o'clock in the morning. So you go have a drink. And then from there, you want to stay up. Again, I've never tried drugs in my life, but I just feel like it's such a different lifestyle. So when I worked at this restaurant, um, this big restaurant in Orlando, when I went to college... I would hang out with all of my my coworkers purely because like my friends were sleeping when we were getting off work or it was just like, you're all together. It's also really incestuous mm. uh, industry mm-hmm. as well. Because again, yeah. your lifestyle is different. It's very hard to maintain a relationship with someone who's working at nine to five when you're leaving at five to go to work. Yeah. So I think it just... I didn't even think about that because also things aren't open you know, and so like exactly. how else are you going to entertain yourself? Exactly. Altered, an altered conscience. Yeah. Or consciousness. Exactly. Oh, I can or see that. Or okay. you just like that hang out at the place you work and you just get drunk. Yeah. You get I f- can't tell you how many times, exactly, how many times I've gone to places where my friends have worked um, and the level of discounts and free shit that we, we got. Yeah. And like they would be getting off of work and we would just continue to pound the drinks. Yeah. Exactly. It's a very, I would say, unhealthy industry, mm. relatively speaking. Interesting. Well, 
that's good yeah, to compared know. to what we do on a day to day basis. I'm like, oh, I send emails all day, uh, you know. But we still so have a problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but what I yeah. thought was interesting, though, in comparison to like these top industries that have you know substance and alcohol um, disorders, if you will, um, they're the ones with the lowest rates were educational services at 5.5%, which makes sense to me because if you're like working with kids or working in that space, there's more of a regimented schedule and like you can't really get away with having a substance use disorder in that space, I think. Uh, healthcare and okay. social assistance at 5.7% and then public administration at 7.2%. I also have a feeling that these industries are also the ones that are t- doing drug testing. Yeah, Exactly. That's what yeah. I was gonna say. Like there, there are ramifications for doing it. Yeah. Although, like, does anyone drug test anymore? Well, we're in California, so I think that we're <laughs> a little bit more lenient in that regards. Um, but uh, I'm pretty I've, sure I've other never been do. drug tested in my life. Uh, I have, but that was because I there was a I was working with kids. There you go. So that's what it was. It was um, a company that like was it was like an after school program, and so I was like a teacher and stuff. And yeah, you've never been drug tested, but yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I also, again, I feel like the the nature. It seems like it's more like this. It sounds so awful, but like more manual labor or more like not desk jobs, right? People who are working at desk jobs, I think, tend to or social services, things like that. And I think that they definitely drug test, right? Like if you're going to sit here and you're going to give like a drug addict Mm. advice, you probably should be sober. So, um, I mean, that makes, that makes sense. So do you think that, do you think that it's just like, we hear so much more about it when it happens to a celebrity? A hundred percent. I think that's, that's the big thing. It's that just because we have more exposure, like you're not going to hear about people who are, you know, overdosing on drugs in other industries, right? Because like for us, there isn't like an obsessive culture around it with pop culture, which celebrities fall into. Of course, we're going to be exposed to that more on a day-to-day basis. And then of course you have like all of these documentaries about them and um, and then conspiracy theories about them, which brings me back to Elvis. Um, so other than like the way he died, which, you know, conspiracy theories around that, but his actual death, there's like massive conspiracy theories and it ranges from all over the place to like Elvis is still very much alive and in witness protection. Oh my God. Um, For what? So people were saying that like he had been working with the FBI. So some people say that he was working with the FBI. Some people say that it was the CIA. We don't know because of his level of celebrity. They had been utilizing him to get into the weeds of stuff. Um, also, he was in Vegas and there was a very big mafia scene um, in the 60s and 70s in Vegas. Um, and supposedly he had infiltrated um, and people are saying that shit went haywire. And that's why they planned his death and then put him into witness protection. Dun, dun, dun. I don't even know what to say to that because I don't have enough information like to, to know. I feel like people want to believe that. But you know what? The way I see it is if this guy is living and he's safe and he's got doppelgangers all over the world and nobody's going to try to fuck with him, let's let him could, remain safe, friends. Could you imagine though, like you're still alive. People have like romanticized you, you became like this pop culture icon, and now you're getting canceled (laughs) for a movie that was supposed to romanticize your life. (laughs) 
I mean, that would suck. But again, he's off living his life as James... Whatever it Joseph is. Joseph or whatever. I don't know. You know, something. Well, it's actually kind of interesting because there are people who, you know, they're saying that um, Elvis... So there's this other conspiracy theory that when Nixon was in office, he tried to get close to Nixon so he could get like a, a sort of badge that he could like utilize his gun wherever and travel with his gun. And that's why they're saying that part of the theory is that he had to get that badge through access to either the FBI or the CIA. Um, Guys, and then people travel with actual, guns a lot easier than that. Exactly. There's also photographic, well, I don't want to say photographic evidence because I saw this photograph and I was like, this doesn't look like Elvis at all. Suspect. Um, where apparently someone came to the ground, Graceland, Graceland's, Grace, Graceland, Graceland, right? Graceland. Graceland, which all the way, I, by the way, I find it hilarious that like these celebrities that die young, like have like their own land, like Michael Jackson had his version of it. And then yeah. Elvis had Graceland. I'm like, what, what is, why? Um, anyway, so there's this photograph of some man who, you know, is trying to be concealed with like the dark, heavy glasses and a cap on his head, but he looks to be the age of what Elvis would be right now. Um, and he also has certain facial features that look very similar to Elvis. Um, and he came to Graceland for, I think, like a, some sort of anniversary thing of Elvis's death. Um, and he's just like posted there. I'm going to send you the picture and I think okay. we should post it on Instagram um, and ask people what they think. But um, it's kind of interesting. It's sort of like, you know, I feel like with lots of celebrities, there's a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. And we all know on this show, we love a good fucking conspiracy <laughs> theory. Um Kind of like how people think Tupac is still alive. Yeah. Okay. Wait, hold on. Sorry. Same vein. Yes. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking. But what I was going to say is like, if Elvis is dumb enough <laughs> to go to his own anniversary of his death and he's in the witness protection program, like, he's not that smart, is all I'm going to say. Like, not only let me just like go walking around, whatever, but like, let me go to the one place that like, I would stand out maybe. Potentially, yeah. I don't know. I'm inclined to think that wouldn't be allowed. But send me this picture. We're going to post it on Instagram and our socials and TikTok. Yeah. want to hear what you think. I'm going to yeah. go with no. I love a conspiracy theory, but I'm going to go with... Yeah, I mean, also considering the way that he died and for that to be made so public, like, why would yeah, the why FBI would they just do have him, him dirty like or that? something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, why like, would they do him, him so dirty? I would be like, like, if you're going to put me in witness protection and you end up telling everyone that I died on the fucking toilet with my ass in the air, like, why? Like, what did I do to you to deserve this? Yeah. Like, (laughs) and at the time, I feel like it wasn't like everyone was just dying on the toilet. You know what I'm saying? So it's not like, oh, well, that was normal. Like, you also, like, they made it so stand, stand out. No, what am I trying to say? Outlandish? No. Whatever. Outlandish. They made it stand out is what I'm saying. Outlandish? Yeah. Stand outish? <laughs> I think it's outlandish. Because it is outlandish. It's like someone literally was on the toilet taking a shit. They end up having like a heart attack or heart failure and they end up keeling over with their ass in the fucking air. Yeah. Come on. Come on. No, no. I just, if I go out and like that happens to me, I need whoever is in the vicinity to just put me in a respectable position. Okay. Because, like, the fact that his girlfriend, too, was the one that caught him in that 
situation and did nothing about it other than call the cops and leave him there like that. So that in the reports, it explicitly says that, like, what kind of a fucking girlfriend are you, ma'am? Well, I wonder if she was high and if she was, she probably didn't want to get caught. No, I think it was in the morning. She woke up, went to the bathroom, found him in that, that situation. That's what she said. So you, you don't think she would have, like, if, okay, let, let's, let's, let's turn this around. If you woke up, heaven forbid though, but like, let's say Mark, you know, was in that, that, that position and you need to call an ambulance. Aren't you going to try to help him assuming yes. that he's still alive and like get him out of that like position so that nobody really knows that he was in that position to begin with? Yeah. Because I'm not a drug addict nor, and like I've been married to him and I love him. And I'm not saying she was a drug addict. I'm just saying, like, if 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 like his entourage was under the influence and whatever, like, yeah. th- I'm just saying that's my conspiracy theory that I'm putting out there. There's also another conspiracy theory that I have in my head. Now we're just throwing shit out there, honestly, and seeing what sticks at this point. Um, what if the drug usage was like, like both the doctor and the colonel? his manager were essentially like utilizing the drugs as a way of making him complacent and keeping him under control. No, that's Britney Spears' life. Yeah. Well, like if you wanted to do that back in the seventies or in the sixties, what's a better way than getting someone all drugged up and like, you know, addicted. If you're using him as a commodity too, or as a product, yeah, but it was so risky. Like, but it's so risky. I'm, uh, I'm not sure. I think we need to put this to our listeners. This is going to be our poll for the week. We need to hear what do you think? Yeah. And also, do like folks like listen to Elvis? I feel like I don't know. Maybe I'm like a rare one that like. I grew up listening to Elvis. Like, I wonder if it's a thing. Like, if people in our generation, like millennials. Oh, my God. Really? I think people know some songs, but no. Interesting. I don't think it's like the Beatles where, like, everybody, you know, that calls themselves a hippie and a a liberal, you know, thinks that they're, like, a diehard Beatles fan. And it's like, guys, like, we got bangers in in our own generation that are better than the Beatles. I'm going to say it. We all live in a yellow submarine? No, no. No, no. There's no reason to be playing that on repeat. I'm sorry. I said it. They're not that good. I don't like them. Damn. I remember being younger, like back in college, and feeling such shame that I didn't know all of the Beatles because everyone fucking loved them. And I was like, I'm not like a huge fan. No. Everybody loved them because it was like cool to like them. I mean, you could not. Did I love Across the Universe? Yes, totally loved it because they did a good job of like making a a narrative and a film out of their music. But would I just sit down and listen to their music solo? No. I also think it was like a generational thing, right? Like that generation was going through some shit and it's music that spoke to them. Um, I have another theory, by the way, as to why there's this resurgence of Elvis shit. So you remember Queen? Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie that came out. Yeah. So they uh, apparently have made a shit ton of money since the movie came out. Queen as a a 
entity as a whole. So the writers, the the makers of the music, et cetera, uh, from um, residuals. Is that what it's called? Sure. Whatever. It's like the percentage of the money that they make whenever a thing is played. Um, and so they were saying that Graceland was trying to figure out a way to <sighs> get a resurgence and to make more money since they were going broke. Um, and so the Graceland's estates decided to allow Boslerman to make the movie in hopes that it would get um, more people listening to the oh, music 100%, of Elvis and increasing the residuals that they were getting. They wouldn't really... Yeah, no, a hundred percent. There's and that's no way why in hell they movie. would release the rights to that. Yeah. So kind of crazy though. Like the dude is dead. It's let an icon rest. It's right. Like, nah, exactly, nah, nah. guys. He gotta Jesus. make us fucking money even in death. God, Jesus. If you all come for me and my <laughs> once I'm gone, I'll haunt every last one of you. Just saying. Seriously, it's kind of wild to me. It reminds me of this like Simpsons episode where like like literally Homer, it was one of the Halloween specials because I love The Simpsons and every year I absolutely will like wait up for the Halloween special that they do. It's like Treehouse of Horror. One of the episodes is where Homer ends up getting hired to kill celebrities so that marketing agents oh can actually utilize them in their death to make marketing videos and commercials and shit. And it just reminds me of that, of like how people wait for your death so that they can start to use your likeness. Dude. Um, I'm very, it's very crazy clear to me why my mom me. did not allow me to watch The Simpsons now because that's some dark shit. Um, yeah, she, my mom was the same. She was like, she was like, oh, you shouldn't be watching this, but I would still sneak in and watch it. <laughs> of course she did. It was like my thing. I was, like, I was like, like, okay, I'll watch Care Bears. Bears. I'm 13, I'll watch Care Bears. I love the Care Bears. Um, okay, well. Wait, you watched the Care Bears? Not today, so but cute. yeah. You're so yes. cute. I know. Oh my I know. God. I'm the prude. I'm the innocent one. We get it. Um, oh my God, I'm adorable. I need to stop saying um. But, okay. So we have a poll to yeah. post. You need to yes. send this picture. We're going to post that so that our listeners... 100%. ...can yes. decide on whether or not it's Elvis. Yep. And I think that's it for today. And that's it for today. That's the tea. Yeah. That's the tea. Thanks for teaching me. Let us know if you all have any conspiracy theories. Um, I really think that like we should probably do more episodes on like pop culture conspiracy theories because there's so many that are so out there. Many. And we also like to bullshit and like lay things out there, especially when it comes to our favorite Chris Jenner, matriarch of the <laughs> century, honestly. I mean, um, she's going to live in infamy, man. Seriously, that woman. Um, I want to be her. Um, And on that note, we will see y'all next week. Bye. So there you have it. Thank you so much for joining us again on The Basic in the Brain. Be sure to join us next week for our next spin on intellectualizing our basic bitch interests. Be sure to join us and don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Tweet us at Basic and Brain and follow us at The Basic and the Brain on Instagram. Give us feedback. Tell us what you love, what you don't love. Tell us what topics you'd like for us to cover. And we'll talk to you all later. 